0: for your life you know where you want to go are you looking to be happier healthier and wealthier while having more fun every day
1: Well, hello power partners and welcome to Star Style Be the Star You Are. I hope that you are having a wonderful week. Um it is bright and shiny here in California and We have a terrific show for you today. I am so excited about it because if you have seen the musical Hamilton or you're watching the film version now on Disney, we have Mike Anthony with us today who wrote the book Life at Hamilton, um, which the sideline is sometimes you throw away your shot. Only to find your story, and then he also wrote the book *Love Dad: How My Father Died*. Then told me that he didn't. So we're going to have two very different kind of conversations with him. Um, most of the full hour today, so that will be in segment two and segment three. You'll hear behind the scene things about Hamilton and um, all the good the all the good things. And you know, as we leave the sign of Aquarius and in. To the horoscope of Pisces, we're going to pray that the lyrics from the age of Aquarius ring true through 2021, harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding, no more falsehoods or derisions, golden living dreams of visions, mystical crystal revelation, and the mind's true liberation. So let's let the shine in, and I do hope that at least here in California, we get a little bit more rain very soon. Well, we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the Star You Are. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity. Please visit the website, are.org, as we are bringing you Wednesdays with writers and performers, as we're doing today, and uh, Sundays. Um, Super Smart Sundays on Express Yourself Teen Radio, where we are showcasing actors and artists and authors and creatives who do not have a venue to showcase their works right now. So Mark Twain wrote this, I have never let my schooling interfere with my education. And uh, that seems kind of apropos because every day we should be learning more things so you probably know the words to, um, to Aquarius. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Uh, that's just the part of the lyrics to the age of Aquarius by the fifth dimension. Well, astrologers don't agree that it is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, But um, one thing was certain, that until February 18th, we were living under that sign of Aquarius. And it hasn't felt like winter here in California, as the sun has been shining daily with only sporadic bouts of drizzle. Uh, My garden in the past few weeks has just burst into bloom because the days are so warm and bright It is a full month ahead of schedule. In fact, more than a month, probably a month and a half. The peach tree buds are displaying their glorious magenta hues. The daffodils stretch their necks to the heavens. Camellias didn't even take a bloom break. And throughout our neighborhoods, evergreen pear trees are in full flower. The birds are feathering their nests. The frogs have begun their mating croaks. And the worms are busy loosening the soil yet our reservoirs are not yet at capacity and our hillsides are not yet very green. So here in California, we need more rain. And um, Whereas I'm so sad for what's happened in Texas and the freeze and the snow and people having to boil snow for water and the pipes breaking. This has just been one of the, these years that climate change is really, really devastating. But I'm going to go back into the garden right now and give you just some chores that if you are living in an area that has sun, as we do, um, that you might be able to do. So roses. uh, Roses need to be pruned by the end of the month. And that is all roses need to be pruned somewhat in order for them to thrive. And you need pruning shears and loppers and a pruning saw and gloves. You want to cut out the dead or woody stems as well as any diseased or damaged stems. If you have rambling roses, you can allow them to ramble unless you need them contained. If you have climbing roses, you want to cut the previous year's flower shoots. And for hybrid teas and floribundas, prune the stems by about two-thirds. With Mm -hmm. shrub roses, cutting back to a third for a single flowering, or that's a single flowering rose, Or if you have repeat flowering roses, you can cut them back a third to two thirds. What pruning does is it ensures a beautiful long lasting blooming season. And keep in mind, if you want smaller plants, you just wanna prune harder. Make sure that you shape your bushes. So if you just wanna shape your bushes, you can do them any way you want. And if you have the room, Select canes to plant elsewhere or give them to a friend. You can plant the canes directly in the ground or in pots to root. Dip the canes in a rooting powder before planting. Some of them are going to grow. Not all of them are going to grow. But you know what? It didn't cost you anything but your time. And it's good fresh air being outside. Now, bare root planting. Through early spring, you can plant bare root roses. Now, make sure the soil isn't frozen or waterlogged. You'll find these right now or at your garden centers and nurseries. You can also order them online from your favorite rose dealer if you wish to do that. But you want to do a few things to make sure that they're going to flourish. Choose an area that receives a minimum of four hours of sunlight daily. The more sun, the better your bush will grow. Rehydrate your bare roots in a bucket of water overnight. Remove weeds and rocks from the area where you're going to dig the hole and loosen the soil with a garden fork. Dig the hole with a spade, approximately 16 by 20, or whatever is necessary for the roots to spread. Add a few handfuls of compost or rose soil to the hole. Then remove the hose, the rose from the bucket where you had the hose in the water. Place the rose in the hole. Keep the bottom of the stems, you know, about two to three inches below the top of the hole. And then replace the original soil. Tap it down with your foot. Water. And I usually put a mulch or uh, something on top just to keep the soil warm as uh, well as to avoid any erosion or sometimes when the roots come up. And some other things you can do now are fertilize your trees, your shrubs, your ground covers. You can scatter snail bait around your garden because the snails and the slugs are out. Um, apply a systematic insecticide to your roses to prevent the first flush of aphids in the spring. You also want to spray roses, citrus trees, fruit trees, evergreen pears, crepe myrtles with a dormant oil to protect against fungal disease. Now, if you have camellias, pick up and discard all those fallen blooms. I pick mine up every day. I feed them to my goats, my pigs, and my chickens. They actually eat them. But it keeps my, ro- my camellia bush blooming all year long. Now cut a branch from a budding peach tree and you can watch the flowers unfurl. Um, and here are a few of my favorite specimens that you could plant if you like to attract hummingbirds. You might want to try planting fringe, loves, lies, bleeding. I know that's a mouthful fringe love lies bleeding it's an amaranthus um, and it has a striking red hanging plumage now another one i like is columbine aguilia it's a perennial with clouds of bell-shaped flowers and it comes in several colors and also if um, if you like a tree and you like this fruit loquat is great for hummingbirds then as far as drought resistance and no maintenance ground cover Try pink knotweed. That's really pretty, and you can cut pieces of it or pull out roots and plant it in other places, and that's really a a good one to do. And uh, for shade with distinctive colors, hellebores. They are really, really beautiful. I just planted another one today. This one um, was a chartreuse color. I also have one in magenta. And then for borders, you want a, a Virginia that is really great. I, it's also called elephant leaf. It has these bright pink flowers. They have a tuber and you can take the tuber, cut it into many pieces and actually make borders with the tubers with you know once they start um, uh, populating, you can actually cut you know dig them up and plant them in other places. and you can get a whole border just with a few plants, which I love. Um, And then a shrub that cascades and just provides, oh, many months of really pretty small little purple flowers is called the purple potato plant. Now it doesn't grow potatoes. I don't know why it's called a potato plant, but it is. It's a purple potato plant and it just has purple flowers and it grows tall. It can get to like 12 feet and then it cascades. So as we leave we've already left actually the sign of aquarius we're now in the horoscope of pisces let's pray that the lyrics from that age of aquarius ring true throughout 2021 and i set them at the top of the show and i'm going to end this segment with them harmony and understanding sympathy and trust abounding no more falsehoods or derisions golden living dreams of visions Mystic Crystal Revelation, and the Mind's True Liberation. So let's let the sun shine in. Let the sun shine in. Happy gardening, happy growing. And stick with me here because when we come back from break, we'll have author Mike Anthony actor Mike Anthony on the show with me, and we'll be talking about his book, Love, Dad, How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't. And in the meantime, I want to also just tell you, if you haven't seen the Netflix documentary, Surviving Death, Uh, Mike Anthony plays a big part in this And it's really an excellent documentary So you'll want to go on Netflix And mark it, add it to your list I'm Cynthia Bryan, you're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are I will be right back, don't go away
2: Be the star you
0: are Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas At Voice America Empowerment Now, back to the power party.
1: Well, the power party starts now because we're going to have a lot of power coming from above. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am so thrilled for this pioneer on the planet. With me today is Mike Anthony. He is an actor, an author, a bartender, an actor. Did I say that? An actor? (laughs) Because we really want to promote our actor's. And writers and he's written two books that we're going to be talking about today love dad how my father died then told me he didn't and life at hamilton sometimes you throw away your shot only to find your story but right now we're going to talk about love dad mike hello welcome to star style be the star you are
3: Hi, Cynthia. It's so great to be here. I've never been uh, called a pioneer before, I don't think. I'm going to add that to the resume. Thank you.
1: I think you should. I think being a pioneer, (laughs) because you know what? You did something really similar to what I did a few years ago when I wrote my first book, because as I just told you a little bit off air... uh, my I got my writing start truly because my dad died in my arms and I just and his last words to me whereas my end is your beginning and I was like whoa oh, wow. I've got to do wow. something amazing um so w- what I wanted to say is uh, just like you have two books this year life at Hamilton and love dad and I did the same thing I did chicken soup to the gardener's soul and be the star you are which Dedicated to my dad. So here's to our dads. I love yeah, it. I love wow. it. Yes. A lot well, of parallels uh, there. Oh, no. Well, there's there's many more. I was When I was reading your book, I Love Dad, you talked about the uh, Brooks and Dunn song that you were, yep. uh, that just was like really hit you. Well, interestingly for me, and there's not a relationship here, but I thought it was interesting. Um, there was a... Uh, a a singer named Holly Dunn, and she wrote a song called Daddy's Hands, and it's Ah. a song that we sang at my dad's funeral, and we had printed on wine bottles and stuff. It's, I remember daddy's hands folded silently in prayer and reaching out to hold me when I had a nightmare. You could read quite a story in the calluses and lines. Years of work and worry had left their mark behind. Remember daddy's hands, how they held my mama tight and patted my back for something done right. There are things that I've forgotten that I loved about the man, but I'll always remember the love in daddy's hands. And I just had to share that with you for a moment because when I read your book, I felt so much love coming from your dad. What an incredible soul he was, and how fortunate he was to find his soulmate in your mom, even though they were divorced, and to have mm. you and your sisters. Because there's just love is forever; it never dies.
3: It, it sure it sure seems that way to me, and my, and, it, and it seems like my dad was not going to let us uh, not become aware that that is the case.
1: Yes. Yes. So let's talk about this because, you know, uh, your dad died very suddenly and it was amazing how you saw him the night before you, you had your political, um, argument of, playful argument because you're both on different sides of the spectrum. And right. this is something you always did. And yet, uh, after he died, he made sure that he spoke to you. So yeah, let's. Sure, uh, sure did, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about your journey and your book, Love Dad How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, as you said, it was a total shock when he died. My dad was a young guy, and, and we, as far as we knew, he was in great health. Um, so when he left us, it was the most devastating blow that I could ever imagine. You know, it's hard to put it into words, what it did to my family and I, I mean, we were in just total despair. Um, and I had always loved science growing up. I had initially, before I became an actor, I was going to be a science teacher, a high school science teacher. And, you know, mainstream science says that when a person dies, they are gone, period. Mm -hmm. That's the end of it. You know, when the brain no longer receives oxygen uh, what we thought of as that person is gone. And, and that thought, um, even though I didn't believe it, I've always felt like there's much more going on than meets the eye. Um, well, you're Italian
1: thought- Catholic and we all believe in angels, don't we?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I did believe my dad was an angel when I was a little kid. My mom did kind of cover the religious bases just in case that was how you get to heaven, you know? So exactly. I did my <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when he died, like suddenly my faith that there is much more than meets the eye wasn't enough. You know, like I was in this dark place co- completely freaking out about the idea that what if he really is gone forever? You know, like right. he had as though he had never walked the planet before. That thought okay. sent me into a full blown um, crisis. A panic a special, attack. Yeah.
1: It's, it's very
3: attack. scary. Yeah. So scary. Um, And it felt to me like, well, what's the point of anything, right? If we just disappear, if we're this blip on the universe's radar and then we disappear, then what's the point of anything? And um, as we were all in that state, wondering how we could possibly go on without him, uh, a call came into my mom. Uh, What happened was a total stranger, someone that we had never met, claimed that my father, without a body, had contacted her and told her that he needed to get a message to his family that he had survived the death of his body and that he was perfectly okay. So this call from a total stranger came out of the blue and that's how the story started.
1: Right. And I mean and that kind of freaks you out at first because it's like how do they get there? And you know, and and where is this coming from? But what I love mm-hmm. about your book, Love Dad Mike is the fact that you also approach it as as a scientist as well? You make it really clear uh, about science, and uh, so it's not a woo woo book. You know, it's not woo woo. Right. It it right. really is. It's really sharing something that there is life. You also you also are part of the Netflix documentary, and that's another that's a kind of another miracle how you became part of that and met the people and all of this of yeah. surviving death which I highly recommend I think it's a terrific it's a terrific um story and the way that it shows the way we are on you know it shows the evidence base but it, it, right. let's go ahead let's go back to how the message came to you so first it came through the stranger then you right. and you went to some mediums and you know i was i was contemplating on the names of the mediums when you have angela and angelina right. and all. <laughs> i mean that has the word angel in it
3: it, it sure does yeah yeah when right? she first told me her name i thought that is that a real name that's not a real name is it yeah her name is angelina diana um uh, so yeah after after we got this phone call uh, out of the blue, my sister happened to hear a radio show one morning as she was driving to work where this woman named Angelina Diana, uh, who, who who's is a medium, was giving readings to people who were calling into the radio station. And my sister thought that was an odd coincidence, that we had just gotten this phone call out of the blue, and now she happens to hear a professional medium on the radio. So she Mm -hmm. contacted this woman, uh, and she came to our house and uh, gave us this reading that completely changed our lives. It blew us away. um, And I was left on that night thinking, oh, my God, something real is happening here. Something genuine just happened in this living room that proved to me um, that those science teachers I had are are not correct.
1: And and you were being very careful as well. We should let our audience know with just yes Mm -hmm. and no answers, not leading. You also wanted to make sure that, you know, you can't be looked up on Facebook because today you can Google just about everything, right? So you you were really doing your homework at the same time that you were just... Uh, hoping that your dad would come through. And once that happened, tell us how you felt, because it's an amazing release of sadness and grief when you know, my gosh, we really can communicate, or he's there, he's here.
3: Oh, I mean, I was floating. I was floating for days mm-hmm. after that. I literally felt like I was feet off the ground and floating. That's how, I mean, it was. Uh, it was like, uh, my dad, from the other side, had thrown this ladder down into the pit of despair that his family was in, and pulled us out of it in an instant. Um, and I, I want to say, I realize that you know it's not always that way for everyone. I, I, I you know, my story is so right. amazing that I want to be clear um, that mediumship doesn't always work quite like this, uh, and don't be disappointed if it doesn't. Um, For me, my my situation was sort of atypical, and I think that my dad just happens to be remarkably good at communicating in this way. Um, So for us, yeah, it was like an instant healing. It pulled us out of that terrible dark place, and I felt like it was an absolutely new universe.
1: Well, I wanna talk about the signs. Now, if you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Mike Anthony. He's the author of Love, Dad, How My Father Father Died Then Told Me He Didn't. He's also an actor, and we'll be talking more about that in the next segment. And um, being an actor myself, I adore actors and, <laughs> and wanna and, and want support them in every way possible. But, um, let's talk about the butterfly effect, because this is pretty, you know, this was pretty astonishing. I mean, first, you have a butterfly that, in the photograph at your uh, barbecue, looks like it's on your mom's shoulder, and then you start seeing butterflies, monarchs. Yeah. And you had saw them at the theater at Hamilton.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was extraordinary. Um, I mean, we were seeing butterflies. Now I realize a skeptic is going to say, oh, come on. The butterflies have always been there. You're only now paying attention seen to them. them. You
1: know? Right. Yeah, Just like if you're going to buy a car and you want a red car, all of a sudden you start seeing yeah. the exact red car that you've been wanting. I know. But right, uh, but, right. it, so, but the fact that it, it goes where it goes is a little bit more than a skeptic can think of. Right. You'd never, ever yeah. seen one in the theaters.
3: Yeah, the way that it happened in this case seems impossible because I was, going, I was watching a, a show by Penn and Teller, the magicians, mm-hmm. you know, who are huge skeptics. And they think that anybody who claims to be a medium or psychic in any way is just an awful person because they don't believe there's any possibility of the paranormal. So they, they think anyone doing this is just preying on grieving people. Um, so they do a, a bit in their show called The Psychic Comedian where they do a mind-reading Act, and it really is amazing. And they did such a good job that I was crestfallen. I, I mm-hmm. left the show that night thinking, "Oh my gosh, what if?" Because by that time I had done a ton of research with mediums, and I was thinking, "Well, what if they're doing whatever it is Penn and Teller are doing here?" So I felt I, I was despondent after that. I decided I was going to go back the next night because it was at a theater that I worked for, so I could go anytime. I decided mm-hmm. I was going to go back the next night to try to um, figure out what they were doing. And Penn Gillette, he opens up the bit by railing against mediums, and he ends it by saying, everything you're about to see is BS, you know, except he, except right. he says it. So um, he said the words, right. He said, he said the word, right. And he pauses between the B and the S for effect, right? And in the middle of that pause, as those words are crushing my spirit, I see this flutter about 10 feet, 15 feet above Penn's head. In the light. and it's a butterfly, and it's such a uh, uh, a big butterfly that people and other people in the audience are noticing it. So I know that it wasn't just my 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 mind, my imagination. Heart. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So there's like this titter in the audience; people are are seeing it. Uh, it was just extraordinary, and then. A days after that, I was back at my theater where Hamilton is, and I was telling my friend, my bar partner, about it, and um, I'm saying to her, you know, have you ever seen a butterfly in a theater? I mean, I I really feel like this was a sign from my dad. Uh, You know, and at that moment, out of the corner of my eye, I see another butterfly now in my theater, which lands up in a chandelier, and you'll see in the book, I have some pictures of people who are looking at it. Those those are ushers. And I haven't even told them the story. The looks on their faces of of incredulity and surprise are just for having a, a a butterfly in a theater, they're just surprised at that alone. So, well, because um, you yeah.
1: actually you say you have written in your book how you have to get to the theater. How it's inside, yeah. you know. Describe that. It's inside the hotel, and you have to go. You know.
3: Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in the, 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 where where the butterfly appeared over Penn's head is in the Marquis Theater on Broadway. So that's inside the Marquis Hotel. Yeah, first of all, it's in Times Square, right? And I, you, right. butterflies are not a commonality in Times Square. There's not a lot of greenery right. for butterflies, right? So just to see one in Times Square is rather unusual. So to get into the marquee, you have to go in through the doors, the circular doors, up an elevator, up to the second floor, uh, in in outer doors that which go into the theater, and then you have to go into the smaller doors which go into the actual house. Um, I mean, so it, it, for a butterfly so it's to a get in So a little bit
1: there, strange, right?
3: Super strange, super strange. And I went back the next night just to make sure that because uh, afterwards I'm thinking, like, my God, maybe they use butterflies somewhere in the show and one just happened to get out at that time. So I went back the next night to make sure they were not using butterflies anymore, and they were not. That was just a random, quote unquote, random butterfly that appeared at that moment. Yeah.
1: So I mean, that's something that that kind of defies science, doesn't it? You know, that's what's it's so a, yeah. interesting. Well, and. And um, you have this, you talk about how Randy, you know, I mean, I guess um, Mm -hmm. they had sued um, Randy who was really, I mean, he seems like he really had a lot of incredible things that he did. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think if I saw that butterfly, I would have said, hi, dad. Did you say that? Did you say hi, dad? Oh, I did.
3: I did. I mean, it was like my dad was because it was like my dad was saying to me that everything this man is saying to you right now is not correct. And I think about it all the time. Uh, to make the story even more interesting, uh, a few days after that butterfly appeared in the chandelier at my theater, Penn Gillette happened to be standing under that chandelier because he came to see Hamilton. And while a friend of his was going to the bathroom, he, w- he was waiting by my bar. So he's leaning basically right up against my bar. and And I, you know, Because I was making a documentary at that time, and I had wanted him to be in it. Uh, And then in that moment, I thought, you know, there are some people, there are some walls that you you just can't penetrate. Um, And sometimes your energy is better spent elsewhere. Uh, And in that moment, as he stood beside me, um, I I realized that was one of the places where it was not a good idea for me to continue spending energy on it. I had Mm -hmm. gotten a sign that, to me, was incontrovertible.
1: Well, and, you know, I mean, isn't that what the soul, we think of the soul as energy? And I don't know, Mm -hmm. can you, you can't ever really terminate energy. So your dad is an incredible communicator. Now let's talk some more about some of the different things that you went through, because you also did... um, Transmedian ship, and you also did a séance, and you had a very interesting experience when you went to England. Let's, would you share that?
3: I will. Yeah, I mean, this totally changed my life. Um, Now, this, I I hesitated to put it in the book because for most people, it's going to be well beyond what they consider to be possible. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I really struggled with whether or not I should put this in there. Um, But in the end, I had to because it is the truth, and in the end. I have experienced something that leaves me with no doubt whatsoever that the skeptics like Penn are simply not correct. This bothered me for a long time because some of the skeptics are really, really smart people. And I was thinking, Mm -hmm. why are these smart people if they are saying this is not possible? You know, what am I missing? But once I saw what I saw in England… Um, while I was sitting beside a New York Times journalist, by the way. So as hard as it might be for you to believe what's in that book, I swear to you it happened. I was sitting beside a journalist when it happened, and her word is her livelihood. You know, she's a very cred- credentialed journalist.
1: Right, it right.
3: Yeah. And, well, and so now she's I the, know. She's
1: the one that um, w- was the one of the producers on Surviving Death, right? The documentary. That's
3: right. She wrote yes. the book. She spent yeah, years investigating Yeah, she wrote the book, Surviving the Death, right. She did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so now I know that no matter how many Nobel Prizes a person might have, if they say to you there is no such thing as the quote unquote paranormal, I personally know they are wrong. I know they are wrong. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, I won't go, I won't say exactly what happened cause it's better if you kind of be, build up to it. By reading right, the yeah.
1: No, you the don't story. have to, you don't have to give away, you know, any, um, you know, spoilers. Let's say that we don't have to yeah. give any spoilers, but, but, but I've just found it, you know, again, I call them miracles and just like at the yes. beginning of my show, I always have a miracle moment, which is a quote. Mm-hmm. And I find that you had several, which I call miracles happen. Throughout your journey, Mm -hmm. from the time your dad died through this whole journey that you are now embracing on and embarking on um, as an author, too. Because you kept meeting people. You kept meeting the people you needed to meet to get to the next level, to find out the next answer. And who was guiding you through that? I mean, I I would say it was your dad. Your dad was helping you every step of the way. He was doing what he could to put the right situations, right?
3: What you you said your dad's last words to you were, that Mm -hmm. his ending was your beginning. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened in my life. Though my dad didn't say those words, um, that is what happened. It sent me on this brand new um,
1: (sighs) journey. Journey.
3: Yes. And I feel more alive than I ever have. To
1: well, because you were, as I, you know, um, as I'm saying, you're an actor, uh, bartender, and I love the way you always say, you know, actor, uh, bar, bartender, actor, mostly bartender. Right. <laughs> you know, I I think you're so cute the way you say that. But uh, you know, I think that's what's so interesting. I don't, even though you probably. Never considered the fact that you would be a writer, even though your mom always told you you were a good writer. Right. You know, our moms tell us these kinds of things. Right. But right. here you are. And I want to compliment you on both books. You are an excellent writer. You are really. Oh. I enjoyed the book so much. They're fast reads. They're filled with research. And at the same time, I love your sense of humor, Mike. You have just a wonderful way of putting the, the reader in a place of awe. And I, I wanted to turn the page. I know that sounds cliche-ish, Aww. but I wanted to find out what's next. You're an excellent That's writer, good, right? so this is what you're supposed to be doing.
3: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, it's not something I ever imagined as much as my mom might have. So I really feel like it truly is my dad and the universe just knocking mm-hmm. these dominoes over.
1: Mhm mhm it's interesting how that happens isn't it i mean yeah. i know just i mean i really i feel you i feel a a very energetic connection because it really happened with me that way too i only thought of myself as an actor and then right. after my dad dies the next thing i know i'm becoming a producer and a director and doing television shows and then and then i sit next to somebody on an airplane who says how come you haven't written the book well i'm not a yeah. writer oh you are and all of a sudden, doors start opening, and next thing you know, you know, I mean, I've written eight books yeah. now. So, yeah,
3: oh my god, yeah. Do you, do you know how I wrote my first book? I, I was, I walked out of the theater on 46th Street, right in Manhattan, one of the busiest streets in the world, and a car screeched to a halt, and the door flew open, and a woman ran out, and she hugged me, and she said, Mike, I, I know you from Facebook. And and, and then she got back in the car as people are beeping behind her, and they drove away. And I thought, oh, well, that was nice. And as it turned out, she is a best-selling author who had been following my—because at first I was just writing stories on Facebook about things. On Facebook, right. Yeah. And uh, so what are the chances that at that moment I'd be walking out of that door for that car? Well,
1: it's divine intervention. I really believe it's divine intervention, Mike. And yes, and you were writing your book— um, on Facebook, you didn't know you right. were writing a book. You right, thought right. you were just doing Facebook uh, j- entries about <laughs> Hamilton and right. what happened. It was like life at Hamilton. It was tonight at Hamilton. Right. Well, you know, tonight right. at Hamilton yep. and right. people loved it. So and the fact that she recognized you and jumped out of the car, I mean, right in New York, this is that's just crazy stuff, but somehow you were put together. And so I, you know, yes, it could be coincidence and, um, they're going to be skeptics. They're going to say, Oh, it's total coincidence, but I'm with you. I believe that it was divinely inspired. It was divinely connected and that your, your dad was, is leading the parade here and he wants you to be the band leader and he's going to, um, he's going to be the orchestrator. So yeah. that's very I, exciting. I
3: at, th- at this point, it's hard to not see that as being the case. I mean, that's that's how I feel. Yep.
1: No, it is. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, it is the case, you know, not that. Well, maybe I'm an angel, too. Who knows? I think we're we all, are. you, you know, what are. did Absolutely. Carl Sagan say? You know, we're all made of star stuff. So I we think that we're are. all angels. Right. Well, I want to give out your website and we're going to come back from break and we're going to talk more to you. And we're going to talk about life at Hamilton. And of course, you can. Uh, and part of life at Hamilton really involves your dad as well, because you found out about the death of your dad, which is so traumatic while you were bartending during yeah. a show. I mean, it's that's just so hard. Um, but let's give your website, mikeanthony.com. The name of this book is Love, Dad, How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't, the book Um, Well, Mike is featured and his story is featured on the Netflix documentary, Surviving Death. And it's a wonderful documentary. So I recommend you see that, too. So MikeAnthony.com. We just have a very quick break. So uh, don't go away. Go and, check out, uh, or go and check out his book and then be back here for the rest of the show. And I am Cynthia Bryan. Mike, hang on. Do not go away, okay? We have a Will lot do. more to Will come. We'll do. Yes, okay. and a lot more. Okay. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you
2: are. the star
0: world change your life voiceamericaempowerment.com business bites here's cynthia bryan
1: Are you wondering where your next project will come from? Well, here are some lessons from my experiences as a freelancer. Research topics that you feel you'd be interested in working on. Pitch to people and companies that fascinate you. Know the markets for your ideas ahead of time. Write great proposals about great ideas that always wow your potential clients. Do this as a matter of course, every time. No excuses. Never give up persevere 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 follow up on your leads no matter how remote they may seem you may need to sacrifice a bit to take on assignments that are worthwhile but it is worth it in the long run just do it ask for more work from people who already know and trust you always suggest ideas to people with whom you're already working market yourself be available say yes i can and then make sure you do Pitch and submit to the same people over and over until they use you because life is about relationships. Build strong foundations and nurture them on a regular basis. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you are right. So yell. Yeah, Yes, I can. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information about Star Style productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an eye.com. Be the star you are.
2: Be the star you are. The star.
0: Now, back to the power party.
1: Well, we are back on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And I am so excited to be talking with Mike Anthony, who is an actor and an author and a bartender. And his dad is standing right next to him. He, now, the book that we're going to talk about in this segment, we just talked about uh, his book, Love, Dad, How My Father Died, Then Told Me He Didn't. But this is life at Hamilton. Sometimes you throw away your shot only to find your story. And I think most people around the country now have seen the amazing musical that is Hamilton. I know as a Screen Actors Guild um, nominee I'm on the not was on the nominating committee and also um, after voting um, Hamilton is one of my votes so (laughs) I love it so uh, welcome back Mike to star style be the star you are so Hamilton I mean, let's uh, let's talk about your journey to becoming a bartender, first of all, because we know I've always laughed and said, you know, waiters are really actors just waiting to be actors, you know, waiters and bartenders. It seems like that's what we do (laughs) in between. (laughs) in between gigs and, and always hoping to be, always hoping to be uh, discovered, you know, doing, giving those Kit Kats away or making the (laughs) best, you know, rum (laughs) drink. (laughs) So how did you become a a bartender on Broadway? And I, what I love in your book, Life at Hamilton is how much you love the show, Hamilton, how much you love Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you love the cast. I mean, you you're very dedicated.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I came to be there by, uh, you know, I, I moved to New York right after undergrad to be an actor, um, you know, assuming I was going to be a famous actor within months. I was months, sure. Months, of course. But just yeah. just in case, yeah, I took the, this job bartending as a little side job. Uh, and, of course, 14 years later, I was still, still behind that bar. Um, but luckily, as it turned out, it, just before Hamilton came in, I was about to leave. I was thinking that I was going to go back to school uh, and maybe become that science teacher that I had initially uh, thought about doing. Uh, But then there was all of this buzz about the show Hamilton that was uh, downtown at the Public Theater, and it was scheduled to come into our theater. So I thought, let me just stay for another month or two and let me see what this Hamilton thing is about. And then, of course, I've been there now the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think I mean, I think the world believes now that Lynn is an absolute genius Um, and he seems to be the nicest, nicest man. I mean, I haven't ever met him yet, uh, but what a talent, what a talent and very. Yeah, very inclusive it appears. I've been watching, I've been participating in a lot of Zoom things for uh, Sag and a lot of them are on the whole cast. Um how yeah. did you feel when you first saw the show?
3: Uh, I was totally not prepared for how good it is i mean i knew um i I'll, I'll admit to you that i i had only a very vague sense of the actual history you know i knew that hamilton was somehow involved in our early politics i thought maybe he'd been a president at some point which he wasn't um <laughs> no. but that was all and, and he was secretary he was of state right yes yes he was, secretary, he was secretary of the treasury i believe treasury um,
1: treasury oh yeah treasury okay.
3: yeah but uh, so when I walked in to see the show that first night, it, and it was just a few of us. Lynn had invited um, some of the house staff, so it was like me and like eight other people um, in that whole big empty theater watching the show the night before um, it opened its first preview. And I was completely by the end of it. I was drenched in tears. I was weak from all of the you know the 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 crying and clapping. I mean, <laughs> you know, as everyone now knows, it's just this freight train of of um I mean you know the word genius is thrown around a lot but with Lynn I mean in my opinion he literally is a genius in, in that his brain is a once in a generation sort of thing that um that just does not come around very often and works in a way that the average brain does not
1: Yeah I was watching an interview with him recently where they said can you just go ahead and freestyle because of course he started you know his career freestyling yeah. and he just it, it was just like he did four minutes just on who knows what was it was just yeah. amazing. I mean, was how a, does he do that? How does how he does do, he do it, it? And it all the, makes sense.: a, It makes sense. it
3: rhymes and it's funny, it's unbelievable. It's a little annoying at how, yeah. how amazing. <laughs> you know whenever I'm talking to him, you know because he, he, he he'll come around a lot, I am constantly thinking, I wonder how many sentences I can say. Before he realizes I am not a genius, you know that's <laughs> all that's in my mind. Um, well, that, there, there that brings nice...
1: me to your book Life in Hamilton, and one yeah. of one of the things that I life I loved so much about the way you write uh, is how often you meet celebrities, and especially when you meet um, athletic celebrities, and you you start you start talking about oh. You know, gosh, we're both ball players, and you know, yeah. <laughs> we have many yeah. comments. and I just, I just crack up at that so, so much because it's so human and so real, and uh, I don't know, it just yeah. shows me a side, a side to you that um, you are a genius. I will say yeah. that <laughs> I think you are a genius because your heart is filled with kindness and love, and that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I
3: truly think that we are, and I say this in the book, I, I think that we're all a genius in one way or another. You know, the, we, the, the, the word genius is too strictly defined, I think. Everyone has something that makes them vibrate, right, that really turns them on and makes them the most alive. And when you find that thing, it makes everyone around you more alive. Uh, and, and that's, you know, so you've just got to keep going until you find whatever that thing is.
1: Well, this is why um, my books are called Be the Star You Are. The charity is Be the Star You Are. And um, the show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, because I'm a huge mm-hmm. believer that we're all stars. We just have different strengths and different gifts and different abilities, but we can all shine in our own way, right? And that not that the secret Absolutely. to life? I mean, if we were all the same, how boring would that be? How boring oh, would man. that be? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you also yep. have lots of miracle moments in your book, which I call quotes, lots of wonderful quotes from different people. But you recognize so many uh, uh, other people who have inspired you, including teachers. And I, mm-hmm. I love the story that July 5th, 2019, when, when you said, um, you know, this was the Tonight at Hamilton, if teachers were paid what they're worth, Mr. Corby, a high school history oh, yes. teacher in New yes. Jersey. And you've got that great picture of him. And that was what a, what a wonderful story that was, how um, his students yeah. got him tickets, he and his wife, oh, to God. Hamilton. Yes. Good t- tell us yeah. about it.
3: Yeah. he. That that, that I was I was crying. I'm a big crier. I'll let you know I'm a big crier. Um, And, you know,
1: your heart heart is bursting with love.
3: That's right. That's right. Yes. (laughs) So I was on the train and someone sent me this video, I forget, um, of this guy. He's a teacher and his students who were seniors, they were graduating. Right. So he had been playing the Hamilton lottery. He was a history teacher playing the Hamilton lottery every day. Since they knew him, so since they were freshmen, um, and he, he'd never won, right? And, and Hamilton tickets are not cheap, especially oh, gosh, in the beginning. So expensive. Of it. And, um, you know, we don't pay teachers enough, right? It, 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 depending on where you teach, it, you know, it, it's... Of course, um, no. They're so
1: yeah, underpaid.
3: So underpaid. And so these kids in their senior year, that summer, they all got together. They, they had, like, summer jobs and, and did whatever they could to buy he and his wife two tickets to Hamilton. And then they made a video as they presented him the tickets in school that day, and the the video went viral, you know, and Mm. he was on Good Morning America and all of those shows. And a student of his contacted me um, saying that, you know, they wanted to make his visit as special as possible. Um, so, uh, I I said, of course, you know, so we'll get him backstage and we'll get him whatever drinks he wants. And, uh, so yeah, that's where that's what that picture is in the book is that's the first, that's when we met and afterwards he went backstage and met with the cast. And um, yeah, just a truly lovely story. His name is Tom Corby, and I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, the video of his students uh, giving. Well,
1: you've done a lot of things. I mean, as a bartender, I think that you've got to meet so many interesting people, as well as so many, uh, I call them ordinary, extraordinary people, just everyday people who come up to you and share their story that it just enriches your life so much and your book life at hamilton talks about all of them you know the 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 rich the poor the celebrities and just the the people that are stars of their own life and i just appreciate that well the ham we only have a couple more minutes but obviously theaters have been dark since covid which is just so sad and this is why i'm doing what i'm doing trying to bring as many actors and artists and authors and creatives on the show to talk about what they're doing. But um, I see that the tickets are going on sale again in October of 2021. Do you, what do you think it's going to be like do you, when Hamilton comes back?
3: Oh, um, it, it takes my breath away to think about it. I mean, it's going to be even more special than opening night, more special than the night before the Tony. I mean, it's going to everything. be everything. Oh, Everything. I mean, I could, I could weep just thinking about it. It's going to be an unbelievable experience.
1: Well, I'm going to just um, leave uh, as we end the show with just saying salute to you for when you met li- uh, Mike Pence of Pointing to the Button, Love Is, and I yeah. think that you are so filled with love, and your dad is so proud of you, and I'm so thrilled that we got to meet each other, and by the way, you know, we are, we both, um, I have some books with Waterside Productions as well, so we have a, something yeah. else in common. <laughs> (laughs) So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, uh, listeners, visit Mike's website, mikeanthony.com. Life at Hamilton and Love Dad are his two books. It's just been a pleasure. And I thank all of you for being great listeners, allowing me into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, because I hope to change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Be the Star You Are charity, visit bethestaryouare.org. We're doing great things. For more information about Star Style or Cynthia Bryan, visit cynthiabryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being and know you're ready to star. You dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past. Dream of the future. But celebrate this moment of your life and read a book or two this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. And let me recommend Life at Hamilton and Love, Dad, both by Mike Anthony. MikeAnthony.com. And until we celebrate next Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style thanking you and encouraging you. Go out into the world and be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire and make a difference. And thank you, Mike, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are.
3: It's been such a joy, Cynthia. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And thank you world. Be the star you are. The
2: star you are.
0: been a pleasure bringing you our life changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform Entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to be the Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are